The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, here on the Hump Day edition of The Yard. Man, it's a beautiful day here in Starkville, Mississippi. It's great. It's not too warm. It's not too cool. You can wear shorts if you want to. You can still feel the sun in your face, but uh, the humidity, not what it once was. It's a great day. It's beautiful here. Hope that uh, you guys are beautiful wherever you are. And I trust that you are. Want to go ahead and send out our thoughts, prayers, and well wishes to everybody in the path of these uh, these storms. And, you know, it's going to uh, cause some high school football to be rescheduled. I'm still trying to figure all that out. You know, I try to get out and go to a game when I can. I was trying to get out and go to a game this week. But uh, it is what it is. You know, it's a lot of games are getting moved to Thursday. Some are going to try to play on Friday. I don't think that's smart. But be that as it may, uh, high school football is really kind of at the uh, at the bottom of the uh, of the list. There are a lot of people out there that are going to deal with something that could potentially catastrophic and life threatening. And so, I mean, encourage you get out of harm's way. It is just stuff, and I understand that it is your stuff. But uh, you can uh, you can have all that stuff replaced. Hopefully, you've got homeowners insurance, that sort of stuff. But the bottom line is, uh, it's important not to take chances. I've had uh, I lost like many of you lost some friends in Katrina. And I don't just mean them losing their homes, them losing their possessions, them losing pets. I had friends that lost their lives. And so I'm very serious about this. Uh, I think it's always important to err on the side of caution. Got some friends down there now. I'm encouraging them, hey, let's let's get out of there, okay? Let's go ahead and make a move. Go home and see your family. Go, go see your parents, whatever. Uh, it's going to be the weekend anyway. So maybe get on the road and go see some folks and go watch the ball game at their house and just kind of get out of there. Because and, and here's the thing, too. Let's say at the end of the day that you don't have major property damage and you're okay. That There is still all the inconvenience that goes along with no power and no Internet service and, and no Wi-Fi and all that stuff. Not to mention, you know, there's a lot of people down there that are going to need those supplies and that sort of stuff. And I, I just think it's best for those that can get out, it's important to get out. And I, people say, well, you know, Steve, I've done here, do this, done here, do that. There's no point in taking chances. Yeah, just my personal belief. But so if you choose to stay, Godspeed to you. Those of you that do, I like to use the weekend to kind of get out, get out of harm's way. Uh, safe travels to each and every one of you. But for those of you that live uh, along those coastal areas, man, I think about this stuff all the time. And perhaps it's because I lived in Baton Rouge when Katrina came through. It really kind of changed our perspective about these storms. You know, because it's like I, we, we, one of my kids had a birthday. 
and uh, we were I was down at the skating rink, our laser tag, whatever it was, there on uh, Sherwood Forest, and I had a friend of mine called me and says, "Dude, you, are you guys gonna stay in Baton Rouge?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I mean, why not?" And they said, "Well, this storm is now Category Five. You know, thing jumped from a three to a five. And I remember thinking then, even then, it's like, you know what? There was just a bad feeling about the whole thing. So we loaded up all the kids, went and stayed with my mother-in-law for a few days, and I'm so glad that we did. And, uh, you know, our, our deal was, um, you know, much more minor, obviously. I mean, our, our, we had no losses. And there were some people, obviously, that lost some major things. But uh, I was glad we got out when we did because even Baton Rouge, as, as far inland as that was, had some major damage. And, um, you know, I'm just glad I, I didn't make my kids sit through that. You know what I'm saying? It's like one of those things, you know, as grown people, we kind of have the lens of uh, adulthood to look through. But, you know, young people don't quite get it. And I had small kids at the time. And I remember thinking, you know what, I'm glad I got out of here because, you know, sitting around the house, you know, these kids not knowing what's going on. You hear the wind howling and uh, you see trees falling, that sort of stuff. It could be somewhat traumatic. And so I'm, I'm glad that I didn't make them sit through that. But trust me, there were a lot of people that dealt with a whole lot more. I remember going into New Orleans after that uh, with our on a business trip, going down there and, um, you know, recovering some, some property at some stores down there. And it was like something from Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. I remember driving a four-wheel drive. There's no red lights. There's no police protection or nothing like that. You're kind of out there on your own. People wandering the streets with guns, and hopefully we never see that type of lawlessness ever again. But, uh, and again, I don't want to dig up any bad memories, but I'm just suggesting for those of you that are in harm's way, please take precautions. Please, please, please take precautions. You could always come to Starkville. Even though we're not playing football here, you could always get up here and uh, go enjoy Bulldog Burger Company. And uh, listen, we got so we got a birthday in our family today, and I think that uh, there will be some Bulldog Burger that will be partaken in honor of the birthday. So, listen, I don't know what you're celebrating. Maybe you're just celebrating the weekend. Maybe you're celebrating yourself. I don't know. But Bulldog Burger Company has a one-size-fits-all hamburger. That's the Bulldog. Everybody would enjoy the Bulldog Burger. If you want something a little more extravagant, maybe maybe you're a little more flamboyant in life. Maybe you got a little Freddie Mercury in you, and you're thinking, okay, listen, I don't just want the rank-and-file hamburger. I don't just want the good American classic. I'm going to get on the wild side a little bit. Let me encourage you. Grab the Pimentology Add Bacon. That'll change you a little bit. Or you can go get the, the Mission, which is incredible. I get the Pico de Gallo on the side so I can kind of control the distribution. I'm not a big fan of uncooked onions. I know many of you are, which is weird. But uh, be that as it may, you can get an assortment of great burgers there. And listen, if you're looking for a place to, to, stay, to stay, gate, is they're calling it, I guess, now? People, it's, you're tailgating at home. You're not going to the ballgame. You can do that right there at Bulldog Burger Company. What a great place to congregate and watch the game with the other Bulldog uh, fans. You know, over at Tupelo, it's kind of a mixed community. You know, you have uh, small Miss folks, maybe some Alabama folks. But it's a cool place to go watch a game, and you can get a great meal with great service, and you got to get those spring rolls while you're there. But if you're not going to the game or you don't have tickets to the game, or perhaps this weekend you're just not going to travel – Maybe get out and get the family down to Bulldog Burger Company. You can enjoy an adult beverage and, uh, and watch a ball game. It's a cool place to go. It's a cool place to go anytime. But when the games are being played and people are paying attention, you feel like that you're kind of part of something. You can enjoy that at Bulldog Burger Company. With two locations to serve you right here in Starkville on University Drive 
are there on Gloucester Street in Tupelo. Go check them out. Bulldog Burger Company, the place where people go to meet. M-E-A-T. As you are aware, Mississippi State will be in Lexington, Kentucky this weekend to take on the Kentucky Wildcats. Mike Nemeth and I will be there as well to bring you full coverage. Over on jeanspage.com, the Mississippi State affiliate for 247 Sports. We'll also have some folks here working remotely, and that's the good thing about the uh, the beauty of technology is that um, you know we can have guys participate in postgame without even being there. I don't know if that's the wave of the future or not, but uh, Mike and I will be there. Looking forward to going there, and, I, and I'll be honest with you, I'm 0-2 in Lexington, you know, so I, I'd like to pick up a W. I'm a little bit worried about the weather, but we'll see how things go. But let's take a look at what the Wildcats bring to the table. Listen, this is a team, despite the fact they're 0-2, they've actually played pretty well. I, I know a lot of people are kind of, you know, throwing some shade their direction for missing a big field goal late that would have put them up 10 against Ole Miss and probably won the game. And then that same kid shanks an extra point there. But listen, Kentucky put up a ton of points. A ton. So let's run it down here. Let's look offensively here. Terry Wilson, you know, he missed most of last season with a torn ACL injury. He's come back, and he has shown no issue at all uh, with that knee. I mean, as a matter of fact, he is their leading rusher right now. I don't know if many people expected to know, to know that at this point. But uh, they're running a lot of zone read stuff. They design a lot of quarterback runs. And in addition to that, Wilson is one of those guys, when things break down, he can go get you something out of nothing. You know, he can extend the play. He can take off and scramble, uh, run for a first down. He is not an especially skilled passer. He is an adequate passer that really brings a real dual threat element to things. He is really kind of a one-read quarterback. It's difficult for him to kind of get deeper in his progressions. I think you can confuse him a little bit. They didn't throw it a whole lot last weekend because they didn't have to. I mean, you run for 408 yards, you expect to win the football game. I mean, that, that's got to be some kind of record to run that for that much in the modern era of football and lose. And, again, give Ole Miss credit for making the plays. But uh, Terry Wilson, 171 yards net so far this year. Just under a five-yard uh, per carry average, three touchdowns along a 31. I've seen Rose is a guy that they've had a lot – that they're really excited about him. Uh, he's a guy that we should be somewhat familiar with. Uh, he's rushed for 151 yards in loss of three, a net of 148, just the one touchdown, but had a long of 72. And, of course, those long plays count, but when you back that 72 yards out of there, then all of a sudden you got 21 carries for, what, 76 yards. Uh, the average not quite as great as one would hope. Chris Rodriguez is a guy that's going to have to kind of pick up uh, pick up some of the slack this week. Rodriguez has run for 146 yards this year and a pair of touchdowns. Uh, would Cavassier smoke out with a rib injury? As he tore some cartilage in his rib cage. Uh, said it happened on uh, a uh, horse collar tackle against Ole Miss. And so smoke is out, but this is still a very capable running game. State's run defense is among the nation's best, and it's not necessarily because we played a bunch of passing teams. You know, LSU and Arkansas both like to run the football, but State's been pretty salty against the run. That's one of the things we all kind of worried about because they face the air raid and, and practice all day, every day. You know, when when will they work on the run? Well, once we got into, you know, season prep, they started working more against the scout team, kind of sharpening us all a little bit. So we have been pretty good through two games. And, of course, it's a small sample size. But you feel really good about the fact that, listen, these Bulldog linebackers are as advertised. Marquis Spencer, Kobe Jones doing what we expect them to do. And then you've got Jaden Cromedy and Nathan Pickering, who I believe are both rising stars, in the middle there. 
So you feel good about run defense. You know, it's one of the things I saw against Arkansas that uh, there were some times it looked like they were going to break contain and we were able to close out on them. We're going to see a healthy dose of running this weekend, especially with the weather being what it's forecast to be. I don't think Kentucky's going to put the ball in the air much at all. We're going to because that's who we are and what we do. Uh, Terry Wilson this year has thrown all but one pass. You know, Josh Ali threw a pass on a trick play, fell incomplete. There have been some other people with these trick plays with on interceptions. But uh, Terry Wilson, so far this year, 38 of 55, one interception, one touchdown, completion percentage of just over 69%, nice, 390 yards total with a quarterback rating of 131.02. One of the things they do with him, it's really kind of a controlled passing game. They want to throw it to kind of keep you honest and keep those safeties uh, out of the box to slow the running game down. They don't want you to commit so many guys up there that they can't run the football. So they throw it just enough to kind of keep you honest. And, again, a lot of ball control type stuff, not necessarily a vertical passing game. Occasionally they'll catch you with some play action. Uh, but, again, I'm not a huge fan of Terry Wilson. Now, he's a very capable athlete. I'm, I'm not, you know, begrudging him that. I just think the goal for him, if you're Mississippi State, is you've got to get them in second and third and longs. You've got to get them in some obvious passing downs to kind of negate some of that uh, running ability that he has. They're going to run it a lot on first down to kind of get into second and medium and then get in third and short. That's the game plan. That's what they do. They're not going to line up and spread you out and throw the ball over the field. They're not going to be Texas Tech. They're not going to be Mississippi State. They're going to try to make you play in a phone booth, and then when you bring the safeties up to commit to stopping the run, then they'll try to hit you over the top with something. But, uh, again, very – listen, they're good at what they do, but they're kind of like one of the only teams in the league that still kind of operate this way. It's a much different deal. Let's look at receiving. Uh, Josh Ali is the dude up there right now. Where's number six, if you guys are somewhat unfamiliar with the roster there? Uh, he's had 16 catches so far, 16, which is by far the team lead there. 16 for 186. Hadn't had the touchdown yet, but uh, – you know, he's a senior out of Chaminade, Madonna High School there in Hollywood, Florida. It's a guy that's been around for a while. But uh, 93 yards per game, had a long of 33. That's the guy they're going to dial up more. They, this is a wide receiver group that is still very much under development. Akeem Haynes, Hayes is a guy that's got four grabs. Uh, Asim Rose has had four out of the backfield. And so it's one of those deals – Again, they can't spread you out and really hurt you. You can probably get by with man coverage on these guys. Even with Josh Ali, I think Martin Emerson would draw him, and you would probably feel pretty good about that matchup. Again, kind of average quarterback play and kind of a wide receiver group that's not especially gifted as far as like stretching the field. I think everybody can feel pretty good about the fact that if State can stop the run here, got a really good chance of winning the football game. Again, the weather may prove to be a real factor. And and let's be honest, the wet track favors the running team. That's just the reality of life. If we go up there and it's a monsoon, uh, we're going to have to try to run football. You know, we've got the better back in Colin Hill, but again, it's not exactly what we do uh, anymore. But we're going to have to go up there and try to figure these things out. And and the forecast is like 70% uh, chance of rain on Saturday there in Lexington. You know, the, the remnants of the storm will kind of be upon us. And so it'll be interesting to see how Mike Leach attacks it. And if you have watched Washington State at all, if those of you that watched that HBO special that they had with Mike Leach, they played a ball game and it was a torrential downfall and they still threw the football around their offense. Because here's the deal. 
The wide receiver knows where he's going to DB Dutton. But it's interesting, you know, probably a lot more short control passing. I don't think you get vertical very often. You know, that's the thing. Everybody runs about a half step slower in the rain. Just how, it's just life. Now, one of the things, too, over the last few years, you know, Mark Stoops, great defensive coach, and they run a lot of odd man fronts. And even when we've had some really great teams that have gone on to Lexington, we have had a real bit of, a bit of struggle. You know, even back in 14, we were number one in the country. You know, our first game is number one, and we go to Lexington and uh, kind of have to figure some things out. You remember Turtle Holmes uh, returns an onside kick to kind of put the game away up there. It was a real, a real struggle. But here's the deal. It's almost like Mark Stoops has kind of schemed his offense to slow down the zone read, to really kind of challenge the spread offense, because that was kind of the trend in the league at the time. The trend is changing. You're seeing State, you're seeing Ole Miss, you're seeing uh, Alabama to a certain extent. Everybody's kind of spreading you out and throwing the football a lot more. And so those odd man fronts brought a lot of pressure, especially on you know the zone read right at the mesh point, and uh, especially when you had some play action stuff, as we saw back in 18, they would kind of get after you. It is going to be a much different dynamic this time because that scheme, you know, running some of those odd man fronts and stuff, that that's not gonna that's not gonna be nearly as successful against a team that really values the forward pass. So I would suspect that we'll see a lot of seven and eight dropping back into coverage and kind of tightening up those passing windows. And I think until KJ Costello shows people that he can pick that apart, that's what you're going to see a lot of. And then what happens is once we have a big ball game like that where he absolutely shreds people, and that that's coming. Okay, that's coming. Then a lot of people will go back to more of a conventional defense. I think that you're going to see some people pattern what Arkansas did until Leach and Costello showed that they're going to be able to overcome that. And that's the thing, too, is when people are dropping in the zones like that, as long as you sit down as your receivers, if you sit down in the right area, it's indefensible. You drop these guys back and everybody's watching the quarterback and, you know, you can kind of uncover there as a receiver and get open. And that's what, you know, this week has really kind of been about. You know, a lot of these guys at Mississippi State have never really had to play against a lot of zone coverage. Not where you've got seven and eight dropping regularly. I mean, you may you may have some cover two and that sort of stuff, but you don't have a lot of zone coverage because you haven't had the threat in the passing game, but you have now. And so now people are going to kind of change how they defense Mississippi State. So let's look at Kentucky here. Uh, man, it feels like DeAndre Square has been at Kentucky for 10 years. I mean, he, this is a guy he's a great player. Uh, probably the straw that stirs the drink up there. Uh, really like his game. You know, he's a guy, too, that uh, he's had some injuries in his career, too, but he's always been a very productive player. Uh, originally out of Cass Tech in Detroit, Michigan, just a junior. I mean, just a junior. And this guy, I mean, he, he's, to me, the first name that I think about when I think about that Kentucky defense. Uh, Lee has tied for t- team high with 12 tackles, and that's one quarterback hurry. Uh, Jamin Davis also there with 12 tackles. Another, you know, this is a, a solo a specialist here. Another inside backer, 6'4", 234, uh, out of Long County High School there in Georgia. They're a team that plays the run pretty well. They're kind of built to, to slow the run down. And uh, here's the thing, too. When we talk about the pressure that Kentucky has brought in recent years, when you look at their numbers this year, it's a lot different. It's a lot different this year. Four sacks on the year. Five quarterback hurries. And, and remember, go back and look and think about the quarterback play that Kentucky has played against. You know, Georgia, very anemic in the first half. 
Made a quarterback change much better in the second half. I thought Matt Corral played pretty well against Ole Miss. Uh, I think they simplified some things and kind of keep his reads there in the middle of the field. But, I, you know, I thought Ole Miss protected pretty well. You know, by and large, I thought Matt Corral was the difference in that ball game. Uh, but this is not what we saw a couple of years ago with Josh Allen and that group. This is not the same level of talent. And it's so funny to hear everybody say in the preseason, oh, Kentucky's got this and Kentucky's got that. Kentucky's 0-2. Kentucky's 0-2. They're going to be a desperate team. They're going to come out looking to play hard this weekend. And I'm sure they're thinking, you know what, we can get a win here. We can get a win. And why wouldn't they feel that way? After as bad as State played last weekend on offense, they're thinking, you know what, we'll just drop eight in coverage and uh, make them drive the middle of the length of the field. You know, if it takes them 13, 14 plays to do it, you know, maybe we get our hands on a football. Maybe we can jump in a passing lane there and pick a ball off. Maybe we can get a turnover. Rather than giving up the big play like LSU did, you know, if we make them methodical, we drive the ball down the field, the more plays they run, the more more likely there is a chance of an interception or a turnover. So I suspect you're going to see a lot of that. That's why I think it, it's going to boil down to these Bulldog wide receivers finding a way to find the gaps in the zone and K.J. to take what the defense gives you immediately. That's one of the things I thought that was a little bit different against Arkansas, and some of it's because of Arkansas's coverage, and they kind of confused him a little bit, I think. But as soon as you see it, get rid of it. Take what the defense gives you immediately, immediately, and then go down the field. You don't have to take chances. And listen, I've read all the Facebook commentary. I know I've seen all the Monday morning quarterback, and people said, hey, you know, why aren't we throwing the ball down the field? Well, you know – that's the thing you don't see on television. If you're at the game and you see the fact they're playing two high safeties and uh, they're dropping those guys back and you can't get over the top, you don't throw the football. You know, sometimes you kind of scheme some things up and maybe run three receivers to one side and nice way to go on the right and take a shot. But by and large, we, we kind of run a two-by-two two set. You run your two receivers to each side and kind of go for there more times than not. But you're not going to throw it up just to throw it up. You kind of got to scheme that stuff up. And, and there are going to be a lot of people that are going to try to play to keep the game in front of them. I believe Kentucky will be the same way. And this will sound crazy, but even though that uh, we didn't play well last week, I think we're going to bounce back this week. I really do. I do. I think that all the pressure is on Kentucky. And I think this is a ball game that if we go up there and play as well as we can, despite the fact that the weather might not be what we want it to be, I think we can win it, but I do expect a sloppy ball game. I don't think there's any question that uh, it's going to be a sloppy game. But, uh, again, Kentucky, a team that has put some points on the board, uh, a team that, uh, you know, last weekend really kind of exploited the Ole Miss run defense, and they are they are awful. They, they are absolutely awful on defense. And, listen, they, they put up some points, and they're going to have to because I don't think they're going to be able to stop anybody. I don't care who's calling the plays or whatever. And this is the thing that I think so many people forget. You know, when you, when you, when you look at this Ole Miss situation, you know – the losses you have on signing day don't just end on signing day. At some point, you got to go play with those players. You got to go play with what you have, and that's kind of where all the situation that Ole Miss is in. And then they get Alabama this weekend, and you know, listen. The the reality of that situation is is that um, you don't have a chance to go sign free agents. And yeah, we've got transfers and that sort of stuff. And you can do it's it's a little bit different than it was a few years ago. But, you know, Kentucky, I thought, really took advantage of a bad defense last week and it kind of skewed their offensive numbers a little bit. State's not going to be as bad against a run. 
not, they roll up 400 yards on us. We're going. It's going to be a long year for us. But uh, I just don't. I don't foresee that happening. I don't think number one. I don't think the forecast kind of lends to that type of offensive execution. But I also think too, Mississippi State's better on defense. I think Mississippi State's linebackers are much better on defense. And I really like what we've seen from Ty Wheat. And I think Jordan Davis and those guys are kind of coming into their own. Uh, this is the game too where the Mississippi State's leadership is really going to be challenged. This is where. Guys like Kobe Jones, guys like Marquis Spencer, guys like Errol Thompson have got to step up and say, okay, here we go. This is where guys like Colin Hill, Osiris Mitchell, KJ Costello have got to say, okay, we're going to get this thing going. This is a ball game you got to have. And, and I, listen, I, if you win this one, I feel great about winning the next one. And if you can get to the first four games, three and one, I think you feel outstanding about uh, your prospects the rest of the season because it's really kind of a, a front-loaded schedule for Mississippi State. But it's a one-game-at-a-time type deal. And, and again, I, I love the folks that feel the need to remind us all on social media, hey, don't look too far down the road. Guys, let me just tell you this. I, I don't play. I don't coach. I'm not going to call a single play. So if I want to go ahead and play the 2028 Egg Bowl in my mind, I can do that. I don't, what The words I say have no impact on the game. Uh, but I am a guy that I want to kind of work week to week because I want to enjoy the season. And I look forward to this ball game. We have done a good job in this series for the last decade or more, but we have not won in, in Lexington, uh, you know, since 2014 when Dak Prescott was our quarterback. We went up there with 16. Nick Fitzgerald and uh, Fred Ross connected late in the ball game to score what should have been the game-winning touchdown. After Nick had thrown a pick six and they thought the game was over, we come back and battle back. Nick throws an absolute strike to Fred Ross. All we got to do is play a little defense, and then uh, Peter Sermon became a spectator of the game rather than a coach of the game. We brought no pressure. Next thing you know, uh, they kick a you know, career-long field goal to, to beat us. To end the streak, we had won, what, nine in a row against Kentucky, and it took us hiring Peter Sermon to end that streak for sure. 2018 is probably the one game our defense looked the worst. You know, and, and listen, our, our offensive line got absolutely destroyed in that game. I thought Marcus Johnson and his group had to really do a lot of soul-searching after that game. But we rebounded, and we were actually a little better on offensive line the rest of the year. But um, they got after us. They got after us. And I thought that uh, Joe Moorhead, I thought, maybe get caught looking ahead a little bit to the Dan, the Dan Mullen game, coming home and playing Florida. But I remember making that drive home from Lexington thinking, we lost to a team that we're better than. And listen, Kentucky had a really good year that year. Benny Snell was a great player, and Josh Allen, those guys, uh, listen, it was a great year for them. I tipped my cap to them. But people forget when Brian Cole picked that ball off, it was still a one-score game. It was still a one-score game. We still had a chance to win the game, and uh, Kentucky's defense kind of took over. And uh, I thought Jim Moorhead, as a play caller, really got exposed in that game and you know we were all willing to think okay well maybe it's got caught looking ahead you know to florida maybe that's all part of the deal we'll be okay and then of course we're just as anemic against florida and lsu on offense joe moorhead just really struggled against elite sec defenses but uh you know listen we were in that ball game it got away from us late and uh you remember how undisciplined we looked on defense a lot of pushing and shoving i can't remember let me i want to look this up just because i'm curious there were so many personal foul penalties called in that ball game, and it seemed like they were all on us. There was an offensive, there was a pass interference call that that uh, that went against us. It was also absolutely ridiculous. We look at the box score here. So yeah, so it is a fourteen to seven game in the fourth quarter. That's it. We end up losing twenty eight seven. 
because uh, once they got ahead that we kind of quit. But uh, we really struggled with discipline in that ball game. I mean, really. And some listen, some of that too was a product of Joe. And, and I'm, I'm not trying to, to throw shade here at Joe, but you know, you could go commit a personal foul penalty and then stay on the field. And you know, what message does that send to the team? You know, I, I saw it happen. You know, throughout the year, and then all of a sudden, oh, they're going to come stand by me. Okay, well. Well, cool, but you know, if people don't have any uh, consequences for their actions, they have no reason to change. So we're going to have to go up there and play well. We have not played especially well up there in recent years, but um, we won't have Peter Sermon or Joe Moorhead to blame this stuff on. We're going to have to go figure this thing out here and uh, find a way. Let me look at these penalties real quick. Back from eighteen, I remember. I can't remember how many times they'd be pushing and shoving, and it seemed like it, it would be somewhat two-sided but we would get flagged for it. But at the end of the day, you're responsible uh, for yourself. You know, there's no penalty to call if uh, if you're acting like you're supposed to. Yeah, we had 16 penalties that game. 16 penalties for 139 yards. Kentucky had five. And uh, that's not to say the crew was biased, even though I thought they missed that P.I. We just were an undisciplined football team, and, and it showed. And then it seemed like once we kind of got a little bit hotter under the collar and started pushing and shoving and griping, then all of a sudden we kind of drew attention to ourselves and there were more fouls called as a result. But that's what we got to do. We got to overcome that. We got to go up there and play discipline football and not turn football over. KJ, if you're listening, we love you, man. But listen, we, we can't continue to live with these pick sixes. You got to find a way to get that fixed. All right. Our friends at MyBookie are ready to, to serve you today. It is the winning season. There's so much going on. We're right in the middle of the NBA Finals. Many of you are keeping up with that. Uh, the NFL is going on. The NHL is now over. MLB playoffs are heating up. And, of course, college football. So if you're looking to put a little skin in the game, there's no better place than MyBookie.com. Use promo code BONEYARD. MyBookie.com. You can go there, check them out. And here's what they'll do. By being a loyal Boneyard listener, if you use that promo code, if you deposit 100 bucks, they're going to give you 100, 100 bucks of house money to play with. So they're going to double your initial deposit all the way up to 1000 bucks. Now, you can't put it in and immediately cash it out. you got to play with it so you, you, you get to collect your winnings, but you can't just make a deposit and cash it out. But you can visit them at mybookie.com and go check that out. Your winning season is here. And it's, it, listen, since you know so much about sports, it's time to put your money where your mouth is. Again, visit them at mybookie.com, promo code BONEYARD. Okay, today's top ten list comes to you from our friend Patrick Rainwater. Patrick Rainwater actually sent this to me some time ago, and I'm working back through the list. You know, I go back and think, okay, what really hits me here? So Patrick, a few weeks back, said, hey, Steve, let's have the uh, top ten drummers. And uh, this was much more difficult than you would expect it to be. Top ten drummers. You know, I didn't include her, but uh, Sheila Espinota, I messed it up. Sheila E. I'm sorry, Sheila. Had a huge crush on her when I was younger. Um, she is incredible. She is like she's an incredible percussionist. You can watch her live, and uh, the stage show is is incredible. Uh, but but I didn't include her in top ten. And uh, there are a few other people. I didn't include Ricky Rocket from Poison in the top ten. Let's face it, friends. We live in uncertain times. Security probably more important now than ever before. That's why it's important to keep you, your family, your property safe by working with my friends at Eufy. That's E-U-F-Y dot com. Let me tell you a little bit about this new video smart lock they have. It's super cool because basically you get 
a three-in-one security system here. You can have everything on just one device instead of having it outside of your house look rather tacky because you got all kinds of stuff out there. It's not just about your security, but convenience. No more concerns about losing keys. You can assign passwords to your family members, and you can see who's kind of coming and going. You got that immigrated camera, too. Uh, it's easy to install. You can set it up with just a Phillips screwdriver. You know, you don't have to go to a class on how to use power tools. No drilling required. You have keyless entry. You don't have to worry about fumbling with the keys when you're getting back with a, an armful of groceries, right? How convenient is that? That in and of itself is a great benefit. You got fingerprint recognition. It's unlocking. Got that AI self-learning chip. So the more you use it, the more accurate it's going to be. You don't have to worry about the battery. It's got a rechargeable battery that can last around four months. And you get a notification before it runs out so you don't have to compromise your family security. You got passcode unlocking, remote control, 2K clear sight, camera. You can see who's at your door. You see these videos online all the time. Don't you think it's time for you to set something up so you can have the peace of mind of knowing that you don't have people constantly going in and out of your property? There's no monthly fee. Unlike other brands that charge you a monthly fee, you can have your recordings locally and never have to pay for storage. How cool is that? It's convenient. It's safe. It's a must-have for your home today. If you already have like a video doorbell, you know sometimes people want to come and steal your, your doorbell. You don't have to worry about with, that with this. All right, so let's be sure to visit... Eufy Video Lock, that's E-U-F-Y, official.com, forward slash video lock. And it's time for you to gain control of your door. Again, that's Eufy, E-U-F-Y. All right, Bulldog fans, our friends from Tecovis want to remind you that uh, it's festival season, it's concert season, it's sundress season. Yes, it is. And you know you need some nice boots to go along with every bit of that. And Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western wear. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and so much more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a very time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort, so no break-in period. You know how tough that can be with a brand new pair of boots. You can put these bad boys on and ride that ride with a smile. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with the same level of style. So stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary beverage or two, shop the new styles, the smell of fresh leather, and a friendly staff are always at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience quite like it. If you can't make it to a store, visit Tacovas. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Because he's probably not even in the top 200. I know many of you will message me and say, well, Steve, you left out Ricky Rocket. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. But here are the honorable mentions, and I know that I'm going to get panned for some of these because I know some of you have kind of been programmed to kind of just repeat the names. You know what I'm saying? There's some... It's just kind of like, uh, oh, well, you got to like so-and-so. Oh, okay, cool. Well, I don't like them. It's just like every time I see some kid out there wearing a Devonna shirt and I ask him, can you name three songs? And they look at me like my head is on fire. They have absolutely no idea. So anyway, I'm not going to chase that, that rabbit trail. So here are my honorable mentions. Um, let's start with Dave Grohl. Dave Grohl, Travis Barker. Uh, 
I hated Nirvana. I hate Blink-182, but I can't deny the talent of Dave Grohl and Travis Barker. Uh, Bill Ward from Sabbath, one of the original incredible drummers in heavy metal. Matt Cameron from Soundgarden and Pearl Jam, incredible. Jimmy Chamberlain from the Smashing Pumpkins, God rest his soul. Vinny and Carmen Apice. They, I think they played for everybody. I mean, it's like at some point they were with Black Sabbath, they were with Ozzy, they were with Quiet Riot, they were with Rainbow. They were, it's like if, they, if, if you haven't played with an Apathy brother behind you, did you really play heavy metal? Levon Helm from the band. Bobby Blotzer from Rat. He's often, often maligned because he's not in Rat anymore. Uh, Charlie Watts and Rolling Stone, Stephen Adler from Guns N' Roses, and as much as I like the uh, the subsequent albums, I thought Stephen Adler's drums in Appetite for Destruction that was the classic sound. Matt Sorum from Guns N' Roses loved him with the Cult, loved him with Guns N' Roses. I thought that his work on Use Your Illusion albums was incredible. Ginger Baker from Cream and then Keith Moon. Uh, I, guys, I'm not not a big uh, Who fan. At all. I don't like Roger Daltrey at all. At all. At all. All right. So let's get into this. Here are my top 10. Number 10 on my list, the pride of Jackson, Mississippi. I think he might actually be from Pearl, but it's Tommy Aldridge. Tommy Aldridge, who has been the god of thunder for Whitesnake for many years. Tommy, another guy that's kind of been a journeyman, but he's like 70 years old and he is flawless. It is incredible. Because there's so many rock stars these days that just don't have it anymore. You know, that they've aged or whatever and gotten out of the game. Tommy Aldridge, still absolutely incredible. I saw him play with Whitesnake here a couple of years ago in Biloxi. I was blown away. Number nine, and uh, with heavy hearts, Alex Van Halen. And uh, Eddie died yesterday after a long battle with cancer. And, man, you absolutely hate that. Uh, one of those deals, one of those crazy deals, man, you hate it. But uh, Alex Van Halen, the Van Halen brothers, a great job putting a great classic band together. You know, when I think of Alex Van Halen, like, you know, I think of Drive Dead Legs. I think of Hot for Teacher. Uh, There's, you know, Girl Gone Bad. There's so many great songs that uh, weren't necessarily hit singles for them where I thought Alex Van Halen really shined. I mean, everybody knows Hot for Teacher because of the introduction there and how insane all that was. But you go back and listen to Fair Warning, you go back and listen to Women and Children First, and that's where I thought Alex kind of shined. It, you know, when when Van Halen became more of a marketable band, you know, in the mid-'80s, and then, of course, with uh, Sammy Hagar, it kind of became more of a pop band uh, with with Sammy Hagar. That's when I thought, you know, the, the, the drumming, in some respect, wasn't quite as technical. But if you go back and listen to those first four, 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 four or five albums, I really think that's that's the heart and soul of Alex Van Halen. And, like, listen to Unchained is insane. Uh, number eight for me, Taylor Hawkins from the Foo Fighters. I mean, how great a drummer do you have to be to kind of unseat Dave Grohl, right? Dave Grohl, a guy, of course, who played with Nirvana and Queens of the Stone Age. And uh, I initially did some stuff with the Foo Fighters, but then uh, uh, Taylor Hawkins. Uh, Taylor is incredible. They, they're, they're such great friends, too. It's good to see that mutual respect. Number seven for me. Is Jason Bonham. Uh, Jason Bonham's kind of been a drummer for hire over the years. I remember the first album, the Bonham album, that had the big hit song "Wait for You," which was incredible. But it, there's some songs deeper, uh, deeper into that that album, like "Guilty." Uh, it's insane. It, it, that the guitar on that album is probably undervalued and kind of overshadowed by the drum playing of Jason Bonham. But uh, that album, "The Disregard for Timekeeping," still holds up. 
Number six, and I'm kind of going all out of left field here, but I know that my, fr- my, my friend, Blake Dees, who is the drummer for an up-and-coming band here in Mississippi called Blacktop Ridge, and uh, you'd be looking for them, kind of an outlaw country band. Blake's a great guy. Blake and I went and saw Blackstone Cherry together, and John Fred Young might be the best underappreciated drummer in music today. John Fred from Blackstone Cherry is absolutely insane to watch live. It is absolutely incredible. Went saw him at Rick's. I've seen Blackstone Cherry probably half a dozen times. I always walk away feeling like I got my money's worth, and a lot of that's got to do with John Fred. And uh, the fact that he's named John Fred should make everybody feel real comfortable with him because we probably got a cousin named John Fred somewhere in our family. Number five, and uh, I almost picked this one out of obligation, but it would have been almost disrespectful, but uh, God rest his soul, but Neil Pert of uh, Rush, not a huge Rush fan, not a huge fan of progressive rock anyway, but it is hard to deny just the the sheer talent and technical application uh, of Neil. And uh, there's people going to pan me for this, but I'm a homer, what can I say? I think when you look at showmanship, you look at ability, you look at ability to find a pocket and kind of develop that deep groove to kind of put a great song on top of. There's not many better than Tommy Lee of Motley Crue. And if you've ever seen Crue play live, you know exactly what I mean. There's He is like the Energizer Bunny. He did the the drum solo where they turned him upside down. I remember him being in the Jackson Coliseum and he's at the top of the, uh, the arena, a drum kit playing uh, Back in Black and all this crazy old tunes. Uh, but T. Lee, probably the greatest performer behind the drum kit of my generation. I don't think there's any question. Uh, and listen, I, and here's the thing, too, and I'm, I'm going to say this, and it's going to hurt from feelings, and I'm okay with it. The self-titled Motley Crue album that had John Karabi as a singer when Vince was on hiatus from the band, I think musically is probably the best Motley Crue album. It's more than just two and three chord progressions. They got a lot deeper and darker with the sound, and a lot of that kind of allowed Tommy to have a little more freedom I love that album, the song Till Death Do Us Part, uh, Living in the, Here in the Now. Uh, there's so many great tunes on there, Hooligans Holiday. They really grew up as musicians, and then uh, it was never the same. Even when Vince came back, it just wasn't the same. The crew was never really able to kind of capture the magic again, even though I think Saints of Los Angeles has a few high points. But those subsequent albums, you know, with Generation Swine and uh, New Tattoo, it's just so hit or miss. Uh, number three, God rest his soul, the Rev from Avenged Sevenfold. Had a chance to uh, meet him briefly in Tupelo, Mississippi. One time I was backstage at a show, and uh, he was incredible live. But uh, it's what's so great, I've learned so much about him after his death, is that like, he was the best man at like half a dozen weddings because everybody kind of considered him their best friend because he was that kind of guy. And um, sadly gone through uh, substance abuse, but if you go back and listen to, uh, you know, I would say the self-titled Event Sevenfold album and Night- Nightmare was the one that uh, Mike Portnoy kind of finished up for them. But, uh, you know, City of Evil, there were just so many great tracks. And The Rev actually wrote a lot of those songs, which brings me to number two on my list. Arguably, in my mind, the greatest living drummer right now. When I think about everything from showmanship to musicianship to technical ability it's Mike Portnoy Uh, Mike Portnoy one of the founding members of Dream Theater 
I re- I've shared this recently, and I've been remiss to mention it to you guys. I shared this on my Facebook page and on Twitter because I was so impressed with it. I, I, listen, I love the classic rock stuff, man. I do. And some of it, what's classic rock to me is uh, like, you know, oldies to some of you young guys. But Mike Portnoy did a, a quarantine cover with uh, Joel Hoekstra of um, Whitesnake and then uh, Dino, and I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but uh, he's a guy from Croatia. They covered Jefferson Starship's Jane. It is better than the original. I mean, it is so incredibly good. And you can, you can go to YouTube. It's not on iTunes. Go to YouTube and just put in Jane Portnoy Dino. And it'll pull up for you. But Portnoy is such a phenom. Just watching him play on that video, it just blows my mind how effortless this is for him. And listen, he's been with the Winery Dogs. Uh, he, again, he did the, that album. He finished up uh, you know, the Nightmare album with the Vince Sevenfold. This is a guy that uh, is the drummer's drummer. But the greatest of all time, I don't think there's any question. It's got to be the Pet Shop Boys. No, it's not the Pet Shop Boys. It's John Bonham from Led Zeppelin. I think he brought drumming into a new stratosphere. The way they mic the drums, you go back and listen to the Led Zeppelin 4 album, you know, When the Levee Breaks and stuff. You know, the drums became more than just a background instrument, and John Bonham was a huge part of that. I mean, it's just, that's the thing that I think about. When I go back and listen to those Led Zeppelin albums, I think, man, how incredible would it have been to to been alive when he began to kind of build on what, you know, the guys at Black Sabbath and the Rolling Stones and even Ringo Starr, as John Bonham kind of took what they did and then took it to the next level. Uh, you know, Charlie Watts and those guys were all great drummers, very technically sound. But uh, John Bonham really made beating the skins a real deal. I think he made drumming a lot cooler. Not to mention, when you go back and listen to those great Zeppelin tracks, it's uh, it's not a guy just kind of laying down a backing track. He's an active participant in the production of the music. It's it's He is a focal point. So, Patrick, there's your top ten list. If you guys have a suggestion for the top ten list, reach out let me know. You can find me on all forms of social media at ScoutSleeveR. I'm more than happy to, to review your list, and I'll use most of them. Some of them I don't. I can't do them justice, but um, those are my favorite drummers. I hope that you will agree. I'm sure there will be somebody out there that will message me and say, Steve, you forgot Richard Marks' drummer or something, and I'll be completely blown away. Uh, but be that as it may, love talking music with you guys, but um, let's get back to talking a little football here. Before we do, remind you, our folks at Hawthorne, that's H-A-W-T-H-O-R-N-E uh, dot C-O, Hawthorne, I wear my Hawthorne cologne every day whether I'm leaving the house or not because I like the way it smells. I like the way it makes me smell. I like to smell good. Everybody around me likes me to smell good, and they do you as well. And there are going to be other people that will say, hey, listen, you look nice today. But how nice is it when somebody goes, man, you man, you smell good. It makes you feel good. You made the extra effort. And Hawthorne makes it so much easier for you. Go to Hawthorne.co. That's H-A-W-T-H-O-R-N-E.co. And use promo code Boneyard to unlock some savings for yourself. While you're there, take the short two-minute quiz. They'll kind of pair you up with products that fit your preferences. And uh, this, these, this cologne will fit you. And there's a lot of people out there wearing cologne that doesn't fit them. And you can say, well, Steve, it makes no sense. Well, what's happened is you just kind of went along with the trends and you went and got something that you thought was popular. How about getting something that's kind of tailor-fit for you? That's what I did. And I'll tell you, I've never been happier 
uh, with the fragrances in my life. Again, visit them at Hawthorne, H-A-W-T-H-O-R-N-E dot C-O, Hawthorne dot co. Use promo code Boneyard to unlock some savings for yourself. Okay. All right, so let's get into uh, Mississippi State practices. And so I have talked to a couple people close to the program, and I had some people last week that, you know, that were like, you know, I'm – I'm a little worried about how we're going to do, you know, and it's like, you know, they're going to be dropping in coverage and stuff, and how are we going to handle success? And, and that was really the bigger issue, is how are we going to get our head out of the clouds? And I think I shared with you guys last week on Wednesday's practice of last week, Leach had to kind of stop practice and kind of put his foot in some, some rear ends because they were kind of going through the motions. And listen, that kind of carried over. And listen, Saturday stung a lot. Not just for us, but for all of them. And uh, listen, I've heard from a couple people, you know, who have witnessed practice and said this week has been a better week of practice. I was told offensively we looked pretty good yesterday. As a matter of fact, I think the phrase was really good. We looked really good at practice yesterday. Now today's Wednesday, so we'll see how we go. But uh, again, the leadership of this team is going to be somewhat tested this week because we're going up to basically playing a, a toss-up game on the road, in bad conditions. And it doesn't matter if we win the ball game 7-3. We've got to find a, got to find a way to go win the game. Now, Mike Leach told us earlier this week that he does expect, well, Rodgers to be available to play. Just because he's available, that doesn't mean that I expect him to play. Nor should you. Now, if KJ struggles, yeah, you probably give a little series and see what happens. He's trying to generate some offense to kind of get things going. I don't really know how Mike Leach handles that. You know, it's one of those things, you know, when C. Spurrier was there, if you had a bad series, he'd yank you. Dan Mullen, Jim Moorhead, they kind of stuck with their starter and figured it out for the most part. I think Dan learned a valuable lesson in the South Alabama game, you know, putting Damian Williams in the game, even though Nick hadn't played that poorly. He'd had some drives by some receivers, and he put Damian in to give us a spark, and we ended up losing a ball game. Uh, be that as it may, I don't know how Joe will manage – I mean, pardon me – all due respect, Mike. I don't know how Michael managed that with Will, but Will will be available. Greg Island should be available this weekend. Colin Hill expected to be available as well. I am told privately by a couple people that Colin Hill is chomping at the bed to get back on the field. Colin Hill feels somewhat responsible for us losing to Arkansas. It's not Colin's fault. It's just one of those things that happens when you play the game of football. Sometimes you get your bell rung. And listen, that was the absolute right call to take him out of the ballgame. I know he wanted to go back in. I know because he's a competitor. Colin Hill's a stud. He wants to be out there with his guys. He wants to be helping the team win a ball game. But instead, he had to kind of become a cheerleader and kind of help the young guys kind of get them going. I'm told he is eager to get back on the field. Now, we're not going to go back. No matter how many games we win the rest of the way, we're never going to go back and be able to replay the Arkansas game. That's in the books. So now we got to get ready to go play, Ar- play Kentucky. And this is where I think, too, Colin Hill is a guy that, uh, you know, has actually played uh, – you know, pretty well when called upon. And this is one of those guys that uh, when we've asked him to kind of carry the mail for us, he has. Now, when we've played LSU and Alabama in the past, of course, they've kind of focused on him. And as a result, with superior talent, they've given him some troubles. And they've kind of overwhelmed the offensive line at times, and he hadn't had anywhere to run. But, uh, you know, let's look like last year against you know, Kentucky. We win that ball game 28-13, and we were pretty much one-dimensional on offense that's the thing I think people forget I mean that was Garrett Schrader's I guess his first start in the SEC and then uh, we win the ball game and I remember you know, there were a couple of freshman mistakes that kept Kentucky in the game 
See, people forget that. We're driving down to put the game away twice, and Schrader has a fumble and an interception that allows Kentucky to kind of hang around. Of course, he made more than uh, than, than the just amends that he owed because late in the ball game, when when Kentucky was kind of trending there, we, uh, we we get a long run from Garrett Schrader to basically break their backs and put the game away. But Colin Hill was a big part of that last year. You know, Colin Hill last year 26 carries for a net of 120 and three touchdowns. You, you don't think Kentucky knows who Colin Hill is? They're going to drop eight in coverage, and it's going to be wet out there. We're going to get the ball to Colin Hill. And that's one thing that I read a lot. Why don't we run the football? We, we, we installed the air raid. There are going to be sometimes, obviously, when that, that it's, it's necessary for us to run the football more. I think this weekend is probably one of those. I think you got to run to kind of keep those guys honest and uh, keep them from bailing out too much because if they're going to, you know, on the snap, everybody's, you know, retreating to go get out there in their zones. You can take full advantage of that. And let's be honest, as much as I like Dylan Johnson and Jaquavius Marks, listen, they're not as physical a runner as Colin Hill is yet. They're not. They're just, they're just not. That's the reality of it. And so I think Colin Hill, rain or snow or sleet or sun, I think Colin Hill can have a big game for us this week. I think he is the X factor. Whether we use him as a receiver or whether we hand him the football, I think Colin Hill probably needs to have you know 150 to 200 yards all purpose in this ball game to really give State a chance to win. Uh, and again, I, I understand the terrain's not going to be especially uh, you know uh, advantageous for anybody. We're all going to play on the same turf, but uh, you know Kentucky has a good playing surface. They 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 expect to have some bad weather up there from time to time. So I don't think it's going to be quite as bad as. Uh, many people expect, but uh, it is going to be a sloppy game in many respects. But I think that the, the terrain itself will be okay. It's not going to be great, but it's, it's going to be okay. And I think Colin has a chance to get off, and I think this is a guy that feels like he's got something to prove. So if Colin can stay healthy and we can avoid turnovers, I think we win the ball game, and we're going to have a full preview uh, later in the week. But that's that, those are my feelings today. Well, remind you too, Campus Bookmart, longtime sponsors to this show, man. I tell you what, when I go in there, they treat me like family. The lovely, talented Susie, Kathy Brown, Stan and Man. Every time I go in there, I feel like I work there. Not and not because Stan puts me to work or anything, but I feel like when I go in there that I'm part of the team. Love going in there. They make me feel welcome. They'll make you feel welcome too, because they're always happy to see you come in the door. There's so many great things to choose from there, too. There's so many people to think, okay, well, Steve. I've never been in that store before. And I had a lot of people that have told me before they started sponsoring with me that they'd never shopped there. Campus Bookmart is your one-stop shop for everything Mississippi State related. You can go by and check them out. Uh, you can get textbooks there. You can get uh, school supplies there. You can get maroon and white baby clothes there. You can get a lot of things that perhaps that you have to order online through somebody else. You can buy that locally right here at Campus Bookmart. And you know what? If you can't make it to town, you can shop online with them. Go to campusbookmart.net, and by being a loyal Boneyard listener, we'll give you a phrase that pays. That's BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson. Now get you free shipping on all orders over 50 bucks. Any order less than $50, absolutely incomplete. All right, I'm going to be on the road the next couple days. As a matter of fact, I will be in Rueville, Mississippi, tonight from 5 to 8 at the farm. That's downtown. If you, go, if you know Rueville, you know the farm. It is an absolutely fantastic restaurant. We went there last year. My good friend Sam Denton uh, really wanted me to come to Rueville, and so we, um, we we scheduled an event. I didn't know what to expect. I was overwhelmed 
uh, by the attendance and all the book sales and how many people came out to just kind of hang out. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't know what to expect. But I'll be at the farm tonight from 5 to 8, and then tomorrow I'll be in Ridgeland from 2.30 to 5.30-ish uh, with Bo Bounds there at the Y'all Lifestyle Store at, in, uh, in Ridgeland. And so we'll be back on the radio, I'm sure, tomorrow to kind of push that. But uh, going to be a good time. They're going to have some food and beverage for you. We're going to have a good time there. And so uh, that's it for the week because then once we get into Friday, i got to start getting ready to go to Lexington, and then we'll make the trip down to Lexington and be back on Sunday. And so I will probably record – the Boneyard, either late Thursday night or early Friday morning. So we'll get that out for you pretty early. Uh, but, yeah, it's exciting times. And uh, let's see, next week, let me think, for, I'm going to be at the Starville Touchdown Club one night. And then, uh, of course, we'll have some game day signing stuff. I mean, that's just, you know, that's what we do. That's who we are. And uh, there are many of you that have already read the book, which is amazing to me. But so many people that have reached out and told me how much they appreciated a Game of Change chapter. I knew that one would be special. Because there was a lot of things that were made public for kind of the first time. And uh, it's, it's one of those things, too. You hear these stories, but until you dig into them for yourself, you don't truly appreciate them. And I have a real appreciation for that. But uh, there's so many of you that have been so kind to me to reach out. And you tag me in those pictures on social media when you get the book. And it means so much to me because it means it tells me that it means something to you. And there's nothing more rewarding in life than uh, doing work that is worthwhile to other people. And so I've worked very hard on these books, and uh, we are getting close to an announcement. It looks like I am going to have a couple books on the market next year. Of course, I've told you guys i got a book of poetry I'm working on for the spring, and people look at me and they think, Steve, really? Yes, really. But there will be another Mississippi State book. If things go as according to plan, we're really close to signing some documents, and then I'll be able to announce that with you guys, and we'll start working on that. And so probably spend... um, you know, spring and summer, getting that done and have that on the shelves for you guys next football season. That's the plan. But in the meantime, you can go read Alpha Dogs and Stark Villains and Flim Flam. And, uh, again, I've got some stuff with Flim Flam. There's, there's always something going on. There's always something. There's always a deal that's being made. There's always some kind of, uh, you know, production that we're working forward on something. And uh, so as those things kind of develop, I will share that with you guys uh, again, I, I'm not on every. I'm not on my own clock half the time. There's other people that are that they get with me when they get with me, and then uh, I answer their questions, and then uh, they get back. And sometimes we make deals, and they send checks, and other times we don't. We just uh, kind of move on. Sometimes we can't get the uh, the money or the rights correct, and so we kind of move forward from there. But uh, if you are a reader or a lover of Mississippi State, you might as well get ready because I'm going to stack these books up on you. I mean, I've threatened to that before. I got three on the market now. And then we'll probably have four and five out next year. And so if you're a person that appreciates reading about Mississippi State, if you want to know our history, if you want to know some things that really, really are important to you, uh, kind of unearthing some old stories that, uh, you know, perhaps that uh, maybe you had kind of heard about but hadn't read the details, that's what we're going to do. And uh, I'm going to do that as long as you guys are buying books and as long as the bookstores are willing to carry them, I'm going to keep writing them. And uh, if you're looking for those books, you can find them at alphadogsthebook.com. That's D-A-W-G-S. That's alphadogsthebook.com. You can get Flim Flam, Stark Villains, and Alpha Dogs there. And, uh, again, we're seeing new life in those older books because of the fact that the new book is on the market and had several people this past weekend that bought all three books when they came. Some were giving them as gifts. Other people were just kind of catching up. And uh, it's exciting for me. I mean, it really is, and I know that it is for you guys, too, and uh, that means more to me than I can fully articulate. It's when uh, people come up to me and say, Steve, i got every one of your books, and um, 
So it's it's a dream come true for me. It really is. And uh, when I first got ready to move up here to Starkville, I said, that's one of the things that I wanted to do is I wanted to help write the Mississippi State story because I don't believe that we have been properly represented in Mississippi's literary history. And so I think it's time we kind of get our side of the story out there for a while. And so I've worked hard to do that. And uh, I appreciate your encouragement and your support more than I can possibly say. So I'll be back on Friday, and uh, we will preview the rest of the league. And we'll have, uh, we'll have some, uh, some player availability here in the next couple of days. I will not be able to attend that, obviously, because I'll be uh, predisposed. But I'll go back and watch that and kind of give you guys the highlights and we get a chance to get together again. I'm not going to sit here and tell you this is going to be a great football season. I think last week really kind of diminished a lot of people's expectations. You know, it's like after week one, you beat OSU and you begin to think, man, Mike Leach is a mad scientist. Uh, This is all we ever needed. We already had the players. And then we have the Arkansas loss, and it really kind of, you know, put a damper on everything. But here's the deal. We still got eight more of these things to play. And so we're going to win some, and we're going to lose some. And one of the things that I told you guys last year, Mike Leach always finds a way to get somebody. Didn't know who it was going to be. Didn't expect it to be LSU, but it was. I still think that Mike's got another trick up his sleeve. I think he'll win the games he's expected to win. And, again, I think Kentucky is a really good toss-up. Even though if you ask me today, I think State's going to win the ball game. I think they're going to find a way to get somebody else. And uh, that's, that's the thing, too, with, uh, with Mike Leach is I've read these people, too, that were praising him for being such a genius after beating LSU, and then they come back later and say, oh, it's a typical Mike Leach loss. I don't know if I can really accept that with a straight face because there's so many people like they just kind of write based on the collective opinion of college football and so it's like oh well this is what everybody else is saying let me just go write a column that kind of fits that too so we're just kind of preaching to the choir uh, I think Mike Leach is going to figure this thing out Mike Leach has been around forever and a day and it's like he, he made mention the other day you know if dropping eight in the coverage was the silver bullet for stopping the air raid, you wouldn't even know what the air raid was because it'd be non-existent. It's still about execution. And you can't run a bunch of zone coverage against four and five receivers consistently when you've got a quarterback that is getting good ball placement and expect to win the football game because there's always going to be holes in the zone. And there are going to be guys that uncover, and the next thing you know, you overreact, and it opens up for somebody else. And how many times when we were running a bunch of zone coverage did we say, man, why are we so loose in coverage? The bottom line is if K.J. Costello plays to his potential this week, we will beat our, oops, pardon me, We will beat Kentucky handily because I don't think that they're going to be able to be two-dimensional on offense. And I think we're going to do a good job against the run. Are they going to run at times? Yeah, because that's what they do. They're going to win some plays. We're going to win some plays. And they've got a veteran offensive line. And I'm sure they would love to keep this on the ground and make this a war of attrition and probably grind us out over the course of a ball game. I just don't know if they're going to be able to do that. I think we are going to be good enough against the run to kind of keep them honest. Again, they'll make some plays, but we'll make some too. And I think at the end of the day, this is going to boil down to how well the Mississippi State offense adapts after the lessons learned a week ago. K.J. Costello goes up there and plays up to his potential. The Bulldogs catch a football, you know, and don't have balls slipping through their hands and, you know, with with a wet football and then into the waiting arms of a Kentucky defender. If we can avoid that, we're going to win a football game. I think Mississippi State's the better team. So, what, Steve, you're at homer. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe so. But I think when you look in hindsight, you know, there's only been really one game 
in the past dozen against Kentucky where you looked at and said, you know what, Kentucky was probably the better team, and that was back in 18, and we had the number one defense in the country. We were somewhat encumbered by our, our own inability to move the football offensively, despite the fact that we had Joe Moorhead, who was built as an offensive guru, to kind of lead the charge. I think in hindsight, we look back at that and say, you know, that, that really wasn't Kentucky. It was really Joe. Same thing for 16. You say, you know what, it really wasn't Kentucky. It was really Peter Sermon. I think we've got better coaches now. And, and games like these and toss-up games, good coaching wins ball games. And that's not to say that Stoops and his group are not great coaches. They are. But I think when you begin to look at what Zach Arnett is putting together as a resume at Mississippi State, I think we can all – I think even two games in we can say, you know what, this was a good hire. This is a guy that understands what he's doing. He's working hard to get the most out of his defense. Yes, there have been some growing pains, but by and large, he has his team ready to play. They will be ready to play on Saturday, and I think they will put the game in Terry's hands and try to make Terry win the football game as a quarterback rather than an additional runner. I really feel good about the game at this point. I don't feel great, but I think based on what I'm hearing, Mississippi State is going to be ready to play. Now, if we can go out there and execute at a high-level proficiency, I think we come home with a W. That's going to do it for today. And again, be back on Friday, and uh, look forward to that. See, hope that you guys, uh, again, be safe. Don't take any chances with your health, man. Get out there and get on out of there. Go see some friends. There's always a distant cousin you hadn't seen in a while that would love to have you. They'd love to be able to sit around and watch football with you. Don't take any chances with a storm. And uh, thoughts and prayers to all of you out there in harm's way. But until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we'll make more friends than enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.